0: Welcome to Roar with Rory. I'm Rory, your host. On this episode, we have a guest that is an American actress, producer, radio host, podcaster, and author who began her career in the original musical production of Grease in 1971, which is actually my favorite movie of all time. Please welcome my guest Mary Lou Henner. Hi Mary Lou. Hey, hi. I'm excited to meet you. Your show is so much fun and man, I love raw. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're in the great. right place. Thank you for inviting me. Mary Lou. I guess so. Yeah. T- tell me what's, you know, what's oh. going on? What you know, what are you up to these days? Okay, well first of all, I'm in Vancouver. This is not my house. It's
1: quite a lovely house, but it's an Airbnb that they rented for Candace Cameron Bure and me because we are shooting another Aurora Tea Garden movie. We are on a series. It's a series of movies, and we're now doing number 15. Oh, we wow. did number 14. We started number 14 right before the pen before we all went into quarantine. We shot a week, then we came back in July, quarantined together shot uh, the last two weeks of that film. That's already been on. Then I shot a, a, a Lifetime movie, which will be on in March. It's uh, called Pearl in the Mist, and it's from the Rory, I'm the Rory, (laughs) the the Ruby Langtree series um, by uh, uh, V.C. Andrews. And, And then I came back to quarantine to do a Hanukkah movie for Hallmark, which is called Love Lights Hanukkah, and that'll be on December 20th. And now I'm shooting number 15 in the Aurora Tea Garden series. And then I go home for Thanksgiving. So that'll oh, be fun. Come back in January. Yay. That's I mean, you seem like a really busy lady, that's yeah. for sure. That's so yeah, that's so exciting. Great. Well, when I'm home, I thank you. When I'm home, I'm with like seven people. So I'm doing all the cooking and cleaning and laundry and scrubbing grout and helping with the two little ones who live with us who are, are just turning six and eight. And they're in school. So my brother's kids and, uh, you know, it's very active there. So I don't mind coming to Vancouver to shoot and quarantine with my buddy.
0: Oh, that's so nice. How's the weather in Vancouver right now?
1: It's a little rainy today. It was beautiful yesterday, beautiful, and now it's going to be raining till I go home. So you, is, is home now. New York <laughs> seven days from
0: now? Sure. Is is home New York? No, L. A. Oh, okay, got no, it. No, no,
1: Los Angeles.
0: Los got Angeles. it.
1: I've lived in New York because I've worked on Broadway a lot, but um, but yeah, I, uh, I I live in Los Angeles.
0: So Mary Lou, for our yeah. listeners, I want to make sure that everybody knows you are currently your relationship status is married. Correct? Married
1: to my third and final husband.
0: Okay, that's third it, everybody. Third and final everybody.
1: husband, yes, married to,
0: yeah, love <laughs> of my life. Third, third time's, time's the charm. Oh, but yeah, we've known each other since we were 18. You did? So how'd you guys, how'd yeah. you guys, from 18 and you've been through other men in your life, other husbands, correct? So how did you guys end up getting yes, together? Yes, two husbands.
1: Well, this is a funny story because he was not my boyfriend in college. He was my roommate's boyfriend. Huh. But I always had a special feeling about him. And he. We, we went to the University of Chicago. We met two weeks after school started. And uh, we had a real friendship. We were in a physics class together and we'd walk from physics class to the dorms so he could sort of mooch off of her meal plan because he didn't have one in his dorm. And uh, I took her on that well-worn path to Billings Hospital to get birth control pills so she could lose her virginity to this guy. You oh, know. No. But we were really good friends, <laughs> really good friends. And when they broke up second year, he became the enemy on campus to her. So we just kind of waved across campus. But um, then I left in the middle of my third year to become a professional actress. And we ran into each other years later after I was already on taxi and I was marrying my first husband and I was in a courthouse in New Orleans getting a marriage license, thinking like, this is crazy. I'm getting married to somebody I don't know that well, but it's love and everything. And all of a sudden, Michael, my current husband, Crossed the doorway walking up the hallway, and I said to my soon first to be, you know, soon to be first ex husband, I said, Freddie, I'll be right back. I ran into the hallway and I said, Michael, what are you doing here? He said, Oh, I live here with my two kids. I'm a merchant seaman. I've been living in Brazil. My wife's Brazilian. My kid's half Brazilian. I've been, you know, uh, and I travel all the time and everything else. I said, Oh, well, I'm getting a marriage license to get married. It's like, okay, bye, bye. We walked away, and I was like, How come I'm not marrying a guy like that? We all know that that
0: you have that, you know, that memory. So imagine if you were able to have the crystal ball to look into the future and be like, huh, he's going to be the third husband.
1: He's going to be back. Yeah. So this was a long time. This was September 26, 1980. It was a Friday. And Mm -hmm. so we got married on the 28th and did not see Michael or to hear from him or anything for years. So I'm in the middle of my second marriage with my two beautiful sons. I'm working on Broadway in the Broadway show Chicago, which I did for a year um, on Broadway and then in Vegas. And um, and a, friend, a mutual friend, somebody we both knew from college came by and saw the show and he said, oh, do you stay in touch with anyone? And I said, oh yeah, Linda, the roommate. And he said, oh, I stay in touch with Michael Brown. I said, oh man, I always had like a little crush on him. How's he doing? So that's all and then a few years later out of nowhere my divorce from my second husband was totally final thank goodness and so michael didn't mess up our relationship but we just got divorced on our own and he called me out of nowhere and within a week we're saying i love you you're (gasps) going to spend the rest of our lives together you're the love of my life and two months later he was diagnosed with two cancers bladder cancer and lung cancer but he's now been in remission. This month it'll be 17 years. No oh chemo, my goodness! No that chemo, is... no radiation, total health. Two primary sites, and well, we wrote a whole book about it called "Changing Normal." Oh, how I helped my incredible. husband beat cancer. Yeah. <gasps>
0: so, so let me ask you a good question on something about that because that's very interesting to me. I'm a very, I'm the kind of person I'm mind over matter. Like I'm yeah. always a believer in the glass is half full, no matter when it's not. Yes, absolutely. Do you believe that? When someone is going through something like that, a physical health challenge, that if you are happy in your life, obviously he met you when he was with you and you're the love of his life. Do you believe that mind over matter, like the fact that you're happy, he was able to beat this by you being by his side and taking care of him? Well, first
1: of all, he wouldn't have had the, the information that I had because I've been studying health for a long time. And I was able to take to him to a lot of people. And we put together a, a combo of all the good protocols that he should do, which were a combination of East and West. But a, a lot of things that a lot of people kept saying, why are you listening to her? She's an actress. I know she's written a couple of books, but blah, blah, blah. And he said, no, she's on to something. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to lose his organs, you know, because they were going to gonna take everything out. And we said no. Um, Uh, which is another funny story, but, but I mean, not funny to lose your organs, but, but anyway, he, uh, I think that the mindset, you know, Michael always says he never understands this whole like fight, fight, kill, fight, no fight, stand up, fight, fight cancer. He says, no, you got to love it to death. You have to love your cancer. You have to love your body more than the cancer does. Mm. So you have to like, go into yourself, you have to you know surround yourself with the, the right people, the right support system, the right information. you have to do what you can as a patient you know, to like, feel a little more causative and a little more in control. And, uh, it's not just that you don't just walk like a lemming off a cliff into certain modalities that might not be good for you without really understanding why you're doing it and getting second and third opinions sometimes. So, and he just totally, I mean, he was amazing. He was amazing what he did. And literally this November 24th, it is 17 years in remission on both
0: cancers. Congratulations. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah.
1: He was stage two three bladder and stage one lung, lung and it was two primary sites. But the the uh, bladder cancer helped him find the lung cancer, so you know that was a blessing. See, that's what I mean. Mike was so able, and I'm so was uh, we were both so able to say, hey, look, it might be, you know, when he got this sp- found the spot on his lung. Um, you know you're in the cancer swirl when you're driving to the person after hearing about the spot on his lung going, please just be lung cancer. Please just be lung cancer. Because I didn't want it to be bladder cancer that had metastasized. And it wasn't. It was lung cancer, two primary sites, and he was able to heal himself.
0: So the human body
1: wants to heal.
0: Of course. And I think the fact that you were by his side has a lot to do with that you know? Sure. To, well, I'm very pushy, <laughs> so, <laughs> but you're pushing you know, it. You're was, pushing a good. I way. Was able. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I asked a lot of questions. I learned how to be a real caregiver, how to like take notes, how to, you know, question the doctors, understand something, paid attention to the information, always was trying to figure out other things and ways to help
0: him. You know, so, I, but I'm sure that yeah. it also has only strengthened, you know, the bond that you have with your husband because you were kind of like, oh in the face of death a little bit right it's a just scary thing and the fact that you're was, celebrating your life together it was only dating right yeah so how yeah. did you decide to get married yeah, like totally. when did that happen
1: oh well we it's funny because he we 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 knew it within like a week we were going to spend the rest of our lives together but uh, when he was in the hospital after uh, a, a certain lung thing that he had to do, where they go in and they take out a little piece of, of his, uh, the lung, they were able to, it, we, listen, Michael was very, very lucky, very lucky because where his lung cancer was and the type it was, it was bronchial alveolar stage one. If you know anything about it, it's very slow growing. It doesn't sport other places. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and they were able to go in and take out a scoop and take it out. And when he was, recovery when he was I went back to to you know like the recovery room and he opened his eyes and he looked at me and he said will you marry me so
0: oh that's what, that's God. how he
1: proposed and then we I got the ring which you can see it was beautiful Well, I got that a couple years later because we wanted to get the right ring because I have two boys and I wanted them represented in the ring and so we got married a couple years later well, that's and, the uh, best that story it. and it's I and- ever heard
0: Really? That's so oh, That's thank so, you. That's it's so. That's so beautiful. You know, because I feel like when couples, thank you know, you. I, I coach people all the time. You know, I own a matchmaking service. I coach people all the time, people who are getting together for the first time. And they would say, well, how do you know when it's right? And I'd say to them, you know what? Sometimes, you know, when a relationship presents itself with a challenge, like a little bit of a mini crisis, some, some crises are bigger than sure. others. But if you can get through that, then you can get through anything. Doesn't that show you? Because right now, right, when you're dating, everything is like rainbows and lollipops. Everything is the honeymoon. It's supposed to be incredible and amazing. But when life- Like the bachelor.
1: Right. The bachelor, the bachelorette.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And life throws you sometimes a curveball. It's like, hmm, why why is this happening to me? Like, instead of playing the victim, you're like, you know what? Let's see if we can get through this together. Because if we can get through this, we can get through anything.
1: So. Right. Absolutely. And I think also because we had that base of being 18 years old, having cho- chosen the same school, University of Chicago, and, and, you know, having that base really made a big difference because we were able to cut to the chase by the time we got together. You know, when he, well, this is also a funny story. My my best friend is Sharon Feldstein, you know, Beanie Feldstein and Jonah Hill's mom. And she's a real character. I've known her since way before the kids were born. And so after I was getting divorced, she said, I'm I'm getting you a psychic reading. I was like, okay, okay. So I go to a psychic and um, she has me go to the psychic and I'm dating a bunch of people because, you know, after you break up, I always think you have to go through like your sweepstakes period. You know, you have to go have fun with people, sometimes check in with people you've been with, let people fix you up, leave yourself open because you just never know. It might not be that person, but it might be the person they introduce you to, right? So I was in this sweepstakes period, hanging out and stuff like that. I see this psychic and he says, there's an M coming in your life. And I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, not a J, not a T, not. You know, I start naming all the people <laughs> I'm with. And he said, no, no, it's going to be an M. I said, really? So now reading, 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 telling me other things, my kids, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, uh, no, this M is going to show up. And I said, what he said, this man is is everything you've ever wanted, spiritually, intellectually, emotionally, physically. I said, do I, he's going to be a great stepfather to your boys. He's got children, but they're older. He's around your age. And I said, do I know this guy? And he said, if you do, you've never been with him this way. Oh. So I go on this tear to meet M's. <laughs> you know, people say, oh, we want to finish him up. It's like, <laughs> what's his name? Well, what's his middle name? You know, we, I mean, it, was, it became like a funny joke That's in my so life. That's so funny. And and Michael called me out of nowhere and I heard the voicemail and I had, I had the phone to my ear in my bathroom. And I literally slid down the wall of my bathroom going, it's the M. <laughs> you know?
0: It's the so, M. That's I mean, your future.
1: M. He showed up, but I would have felt that way anyway about him. But it was just so ironic. I mean, just so crazy that this, this came, he came into my life the way he did, well, you know, and it was funny. He was on a dating service. And had gone on a couple dates, and his sister-in-law, who's married to his identical twin brother for many, many years, she said to him, Is there anybody from your past that you would love to see again? Or somebody you dated or somebody you know? And he said, Mary Lou.
0: and M meets M. M M. Eminem, right? M meets M. So, Mary Lou, thank you so much for sharing that, you know, whole background, you know, for our listeners, because that's such a great story. And I think that it also. Yeah, oh, you're welcome. And I think that it also gives people hope when they know if it's the right person. You know, you should always go with your gut instinct. You know, you thought Michael sure. might have been something that would be great for you, but you were 18. And look how I God mean, had such a plan for you. You know, you met you yeah, guys. And, and then ran into him at a courthouse in New Orleans when I was 28. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and that
1: still wasn't the right time. It's almost so like when we, Harry met Sally. Yeah, it is. Right? I mean, and it's great because we were really good friends. I mean, he, you know, you mentioned that I was in the original company of Greece in Chicago before the movie, before the, the Broadway play, and Michael and Linda, my roommate, they came to see me in that production of mm-hmm. Greece. Wow. So it's like all roads lead back to Greece, I guess. But we, you know, we have such a we had such a history with each other that by the time we sat at the dinner, the first time we went to dinner, and it was just a dinner, and I kept thinking, is it a reunion dinner? Is it a date? Is it a reunion dinner? Is it a date? and the first four and a half hours i always say was talking to each other as friends saying so what happened after school and how did why did your marriage break up it was and a catch what up, did your kids like, catch, you up catch up session because he could have been like a real jerk, you know what I mean, and so I would have thought like, oh. And so I always say the first four and a half hours was make it was a was a great dinner, asking each other questions, and the next four and a half hours was making out in my kitchen. So I knew it was a date. Love it. <laughs> so right
0: now we're going to get a little bit raw with you, if that's okay. Okay, sure. Really? I had my baby on national television, so I don't have a lot of secrets. <laughs> okay, well we love that. Um, we want our audience to get to know you a little bit better. So these are just some fun questions. Sure. So let's just have a good time. Out of all the celebrities you've been with, who is the best kisser and why? OK, I've never like he was never a boyfriend of mine.
1: But uh, two of the people that instantly come to mind, Tom Wopat. I did Annie Get Your Gun with him. And mm-hmm. I also did an episode of Sybil with him fabulous kisser, and Burt Reynolds, with whom I, I never dated, which is probably why we got to work together five times. But he's he was a great kisser, too. So right. I always put them right at the top of the list. Well, you know, listen, when you
0: could remember, obviously, it was a great kiss. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember everything. So that's not really Oh right, Well, that's true. Look who I'm talking to. <laughs> We're going to get into that a little bit later. Okay. So, Mary Lou, this is totally taboo. But if you had to pick, would you? And sorry, Michael, this is just for fun. Okay. <laughs> He's used to me. Would, okay. would you have sex with A, your dad's best friend, B, your director, or C, your personal trainer? Oh, which,
1: well, first of all, I married a director, but he wasn't directing me at the time. That was my second husband. Oh, I definitely have to go with director because director, and I've had a lot of directors, yeah, that, you know, trust me, I, I wished I had had sex with. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> I would say I'm more like the director. Okay. Well, yeah. Perfect. Alrighty. Moving right along. I love it when he does blank in the bedroom. Uh.
1: Hmm. When well, first of all, I I am obsessed with my husband's smell. I think that that's like super sexy. So I love it when he. I just uh, the long stroke. I mean, my husband is like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you know what else I love? You know what else I love? I tell must me. Be the cow- it must be the Catholic schoolgirl in me because I love, we always call I always call it babysitter sex. It's like when you start with all of your clothes on and you just like, just rip it and off. But no, you don't take them off just yet. No, you spend a lot of time getting very excited. It's like very, you know, babysitter sex can be so sexy and so hot and people don't think of it. You know, they feel like a married couple or a couple that's been together for a long time that they just, you know, whatever. Can I steal but, that yeah. term?
0: Cause I love that. It
1: is. You I'm, know exactly what I'm talking about, right? I'm going to tell that to but my husband. Out, yeah. Babysitter sex
0: is a blast. Oh, you know? I love it's that. So, that is so funny. Totally. I'm going to go home, honey. We're going to have babysitter sex. He's going to be like, what babysitter the hell sex. are you talking about? I spoke with Mary Lou. She gave me this whole new foreplay. That's what we're going to do. Totally. <laughs> totally. It's like you
1: have your clothes on, you know, or whatever. And I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's the Catholic school girl in me. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, I was I was the Jewish girl and we didn't have uniforms, but we had to wear, you know, more of like the the skirt and the sweater and you had to be like more modest. So I understand the Catholic school girl. Right. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, they're very close.
1: They're very close. They are.
0: Yeah. How about help me out with this one? The most irresistible traits in a man is blank. Oh, sense of humor, no question about
1: it. Sense of humor, I, I've had a lot of boyfriends, a lot, and I would have to say that the running scene is definitely, people go, you went out with him, you did this, No, I think sense of humor- It's so Sense of humor and good smell. <laughs> Yeah. It's so sexy. It's so sexy. Someone whose brain is always working, is really clever, really understands, like, where to find the joke and, and has a lightheartedness, too, about things. You know, a, you know, you can go through
0: anything. Well, it's a happiness and a positivity yeah. and a, a lightheartedness, actually, what sure. you're saying. I mean, I know, like, it's funny because when totally. I was younger, I was always interested in looks, looks, looks. It was all about what they looked like because I think being younger and, and really not being educated about what's important – was like, I thought it made me sure. look great when I was on the arm of a gorgeous guy. That has changed. Yeah. You know, I want to be, yeah. not to say like, I want to be the queen. I wanna want to be the one who he's like, you know, fawning all over. But to me, sense of humor, it's everything because you need to get each other's humor. It's everything. Right. And that's, at least we have yeah, a foundation totally. of where to go. Absolutely. Yeah for sure. And
1: my husband's very different from me, just very different. I you know, he kind of smoldered when I first met him because he is very good looking. I mean, we always say that, you know, I know how to put on makeup and I know how to look make myself look good, but he's just naturally good looking and he doesn't know it. I think because he's an identical twin. I mean, like I think he still is where you know, has like I make him change it of course, not not change it meaning change underwear changing like he wears it. But I'll be like, Michael, I think you bought this from Costco when we were first dating each other 17 years ago. So throw this away. He would. I have to buy him his clothes. You know, he just, he doesn't have that sixth sense about what it, he has no idea how good looking he is at all. I and love I that. think it's because an identical twin. So he has no ego on that.
0: But that's just know, also a all. personality. Cause I think to me also like what you said about a sense of humor. I love when a man is also humble. Oh, it's totally. so yeah. nice and so mm. attractive because yeah and he, real right yeah. and it's authentic and mm-hmm. it's a lot of times when a guy knows he's good looking it's actually a turn off right right absolutely the difference between we've all been them. with those guys too yeah like, no yeah. of course and for listen sure. there's a big difference between confidence mm-hmm. and arrogance right What are you absolutely. say absolutely
1: yeah completely
0: all right well completely. tell michael excuse me for this question but no, if it's you, okay I, ask him. He, he's so <laughs> used to me you have no idea <laughs> He definitely sounds like a keeper. He's a keeper. If you had to pick husband number four, which we're not, but this is fantasy, who would you choose? Would it be A, Harrison Ford, B, Pierce Bronson, or C, John Travolta? Oh, well, first of all, Johnny, I dated for many years. I know. You know,
1: so, <laughs> you know so, yeah. And um, Harrison Ford is very happy and he's older than Michael. And, you know, so. And Pierce Brosnan, I bought Pierce Brosnan's house. So, and I adore him. I mean, he's great. I bought the, my house from him. Um, so can pick, pick somebody else on the list because that's a, well, I don't know. I mean, hmm, I don't know. I guess, you know, I guess Harrison Ford. I mean, you Although could, I love Pierce Brosnan and I love Johnny. I mean, he's like a friend. So all three of them.
0: All three of them. Okay. All we make everybody feel good. <laughs> For different reasons. And I know Harrison too. Yeah. So. Okay. So listen, I didn't even know that you know, knew them. So I just, in oh, my mind. I just picked them? I, oh. The only one I knew that you had a connection with it was Johnny. Yeah, exactly. John yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's sure. the stuff that you can read. Yeah, but, well, I mean, look, if I picked
1: Pierce, he could just come home again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just stay in the house. That's <laughs> so funny. In fact, it's that same couch. It was Pierce's couch. Uh, uh, It's his couch in the kitchen, that in the house, that Michael and I made out on for those four and a half hours. Oh, that's so, so funny.
0: Is he, by the way, Is he? he's still married to Keely, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. it's so interesting because many years ago, I must have been 10, 11 Keely was actually dating my father's lawyer. Oh, and this was oh. way before Pierce. And she actually came to my home at the time in Deal, New Jersey. And she had spent the weekend because she was dating this my father's lawyer. And right. she was an elite model. She was so stunning and She's so beautiful and, yeah, oh, beautiful and oh, so, and so sweet That's that a when good she, person. yeah, and when she ended up marrying him, I was like. Oh, my God. He's so lucky. She was not only (laughs) beautiful, but she was a sweetheart.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. She's so funny. Yeah. And he's funny. Oh, we talk about a
1: sense of humor. He is outrageous. He's great. He's so full of life. I love him. And definitely
0: easy on the eyes. He's very easy on
1: the eyes and just gets better and better all the time. Well, Uh, Johnny,
0: too, and Harrison, all of them. They're all great. uh, So we gave you good choices, actually. You did. You gave me all great choices. Okay, we created this segment called Forgive or Forget. We know that you Uh, never forget forget. anything. (laughs) We know that you never forget anything, but most people try to forget bad exes. I'm going to give you a few scenarios of when a spouse made a big mistake, and you tell us if their partner should forgive them or forget them. Okay. OK, a year after spontane- spontaneously eloping, the wife asks for a proper wedding ring, which made him which made this man angry. And he said she didn't deserve it. Should she forgive him or forget him?
1: Uh, well, I would get to the bottom, you know, I, I'm like a real pathologist, so I would get to the bottom why he thought she didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And then if it wasn't a good reason, I'd go buy my own damn wedding ring and marry somebody else. You know. I, I, I'm with you on that. You know, if someone yeah. doesn't think. I mean, you're not going to forget it. Mem- memory's tied to adrenaline. So that's an sure. adrenaline pumping experience. But, you know, I mean, it depends on how much she's invested and, and
0: what his reasons are. So we need more of this scenario. To right. So, so let's say, so let's just let's change it up a little bit. Let's say okay. she wanted a ring that was like a 10 carat. OK, oh. it was something that was like a little more like obnoxious. You know, I, I think okay. any man would want to give a woman that he loves, obviously, what he could afford. Right, of course. Yeah, if she's being obnoxious, then she's the brat. He's not the brat.
1: (laughs) No, I wrote a book called I Refuse to Raise a Brat, which also could be I Refuse to Date a Brat, because little brats turn into big
0: brats. Wait, so tell me a little bit about that. I want to hear about this book.
1: Oh, I wrote it with a brilliant psychoanalyst whose theory was that People are usually brats because of over-gratification. It's not people who have been somewhat neglected, especially if they grew up with benign neglect. You know, people find a way. But it's the people who are over-gratified where the parents do everything for them. And then the child grows up into the world and thinks that the world is supposed to treat them that way as well. And when the world doesn't, they not only get angry at the at the parents for not giving them the coping skills, but then they get angry at the world and they, they you know, they act out and everything else. So because brats they- are usually, you know, it's it's no frustration tolerance. People who can't handle any kind of frustration and people who are over gratified.
0: You know, it's so interesting because, like I said to you before, you know, I work with, you know, men and women who are single and successful and want to meet their partner. And a lot of these men and women are already have been married before, been in previous serious relationships. You know, it's it's my age range is anywhere from the 30s to the 60s. And a lot of times it's interesting because you can meet someone who you think would be evolved in their 40s or 50s. And there's an expectation that it's like, like, are you for real? You know, it's just it's like you said, they're a brat. They're 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 expecting. And it's, it's like the number one thing that I say to a person is like, well, what are you bringing to the table? exactly what are you doing for the relationship what are you bringing because exactly. they expect to like sit back have everything come
1: to them and it's that n- no frustration tolerance n- n- having been over gratified and they expect to come you know continue that cycle and they really get angry at the parents and act out in so many other ways because they, the parents did
0: not give them the coping skills right or the boundaries actually yeah. you know right so that's yeah, why you see sure. a lot of people like that alone because mm-hmm. they need to do the work right. on themselves. And as a parent, I am a parent. I have, you know, six kids between my husband and I, three biological and three right. stepkids. And you, thank you. And you want to know something? It's like, the best thing I could do for my children is not make sh- make sure that they're not a brat. So the way that when they not go out, pride, And when they function in the real world, they're appreciative. They, uh, they're they not, what I'm going to do and how I'm going to love them in a healthy way, I need to be able to make sure you know, my, my son came to me and told me a story. And I'm going to share this with you as, you know, you can understand this as a mother. Good. Thank you. He, he yeah. said to me, he's like, you know, mom, um, I said to him, Caesar, you know, uh, it's time to get like new sneakers. You know, these sneakers are really like worn or whatever. And he's like, you know, my friends made fun of me. And I said, w- why? And he's like, yeah, you know, they were expensive sneakers. And, and he said to his friends, you know what? My parents work hard for their money. He's like, so what? The sneakers are ripped and ruined it's okay. I wore them into the ground and I'll get another pair. And they're like, well, why do you only buy one? He goes, because they're expensive. He's like, and I don't feel right to ask my parents for more. If they want to give it to me, they'll give it to me. And I'm just appreciative of that. And you want to know something, Mary Lou? Look, I felt like as wow. a parent, wow, I'm really proud of my son that he is growing up in a household where he actually has the hearts and the consideration for his parents that we work hard. And we of course want to be able to give him a nice life and beautiful things. But the fact that he had the hearts and wasn't expecting, I said, you know Absolutely. what, Absolutely. when he goes out into the world and meets, you know, uh, hopefully a significant other one day, like he'll be able to have that same frame of mind. You know, it's, it's, it's important. Absolutely.
1: No, that's great.
0: That's, so,
1: that's incredible. You know, I grew up one of six kids, And so, and I have two, two sons, two boys, they're a year and a half apart. And when I, when they, I was raising them, I said, I want you not to be like Hollywood brats. Mm -hmm. I want you to be as if you grew up in the Midwest with a real work ethic, one of six, and you weren't the only thing happening in the universe. So how great that you're bringing up your children that way, just because you and your husband got together and you have these children together. It's fabulous. No, and and that's what
0: we, 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 we try to do that because you know what in life, all of these material things—it's all gravy, and it's and it's great, and, and I'm landfill. appreciative, right? It's a landfill <laughs> for sure. But you know what? At the end of yeah. the day, it's not everything. It's not going to make you happy. You know, you have to really be happy no, with who exactly. you are. You know, and and your what what your oh, purpose and you is. see it
1: all the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh, all the time. And contributing, contributing to a whole. As you said, what can I, you know, what what are you doing for the person? What are you doing for the relationship? You know, you have to look at yourself. What am I doing? What needs to be shored up? Who needs help today? You know, how can I be a little bit of light for somebody
0: that might need it today? Right. How, what know? value can what I add? And that makes you feel good. Of course, of course. Yeah. So let me go into sure. my next little yeah. segment. Six months into this sure. couple's first big fight. Her boyfriend called her the worst curse words you can imagine. Should she forgive him or forget mm-hmm. him? First of all, were they drinking? Because if anybody was
1: drinking, if either c- person was drinking, don't, I mean, it, it doesn't count if you're having a drink, don't even broach big subjects, just have sex, you know, don't <laughs> have any kind of big argument or big discussions drinking. They weren't because They were that drinking. ruined more relationships. They weren't drinking. Okay, so he's just a natural. What happened at work? I mean, there's always, you know, you have to go deeper into everybody's story. Some people, I mean, the thing about having a good memory is that you start to realize that nothing happens just in a vacuum. So was that person just having a bad day? Were they they the kind of person who carries their day into all of their other interactions? You know, it's funny being married to someone who's not in show business. I I know that when he's had a bad day at work or something, it's going to sort of come into the house till he can settle down. Whereas as an actress, I have to go from scene to scene. So I could have a screaming fight with him, but then I'll be with somebody else and I'll be like, oh, yeah, how's it going? You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, it's like you have to you change. You have to switch
0: personalities.
1: It, it, you have to change. Exactly. Because you get used to it. But sometimes people just don't have that kind of metabolism for For conflict. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I came from a very feisty, fiery family where we would get everything out and then we'd go play. You know, it was like six of us all on top of each other. And oh, listen, I think the world is missing something not having big families, but who can afford it? And it's also very, you know, carbon footprint and everything else. But I, I feel like we're losing something having only one or two kids because you don't learn tolerance. And and, and sharing and, acceptance. you know, it's, uh, sometimes, yeah, acceptance and life's not there. Right. You're not going
0: to get a present every time your brother gets a present. It's, it's, you know? it's so, so true. Um, also, you know, when we spoke about that scenario, so I'm a big stickler for respect. You know, I know mm-hmm. with my husband, I'm married for 20 years. There are certain boundaries, Mary Lou, that That's I right. don't cross. Like, I don't curse my husband. There's no reason for me to do that. Because I could tell you, I know the kind of person that I am. That that really hurts my feelings. If my husband's cursing me, like, okay, maybe I expect right. that from a stranger. I don't expect that from my husband. Oh. So I always try yeah. to like, almost like below the belt. For me, doesn't work for me. You know, in in all no. relationships, yeah. and well, especially, year, you just want to say,
1: go settle down, right? Go settle
0: down. We're not going to get anywhere. Right. Get out of the arena. Exactly. You know, get out. A hundred percent. For sure. Okay. What about yeah. this little scenario? After five years of marriage, the husband stopped making sexual advances to his wife so his wife started flirting heavily with other men in front of him to try to make him jealous when he asked uh-huh. her to stop she said she wouldn't until he stepped up his sex drive should she what should she do should she forgive him forgive him or forget him okay sex is very interesting
1: because I always think of it as like other people have a sexual thermostat mm-hmm. you know and if you're like a a person who's always okay in my family we have an expression called pf all right okay. pf measures the sexual quotient of things like you could say man i went to that restaurant last night so much pf or wow i saw that movie those two people had no pf for each other there's nothing okay so you understand it's something that radiates off of people right okay so uh and pf stands for pussy factor or penis factor okay <laughs> i and, love yeah. it it's, it's like, you know, that expression BDE, big dig, big dick energy. Uh-huh. That's a ridiculous expression because first of all, it's sexist and it's also sizist, you know? And you True. can have you can have PF and it doesn't matter how tall, how beautiful, how short, how what, you know, what what gender you are, it doesn't matter. How big you are, how Now, so none of that matters. PF is PF. What radiates off of you, okay? Well, all right. So let's say she's somebody who's got a high PF thermostat right. and he has a low PF thermostat. All right. So she's going to have to either, you know, really do kind of play in his playing field mm-hmm. and teach him things, mm-hmm. play to his strengths, compliment him rather than just be the little drill sergeant. Yeah. You know, a man t- needs confidence. Of course, Man needs confidence. You need yeah, to stroke the
0: ego. Listen, that's Absolutely. a that's 100%. I mean, I've met so many people in my life where I would tell you that I don't think, you know, the guy was so handsome or the girl was so gorgeous. But, oh, my God, let's use it in your terms. But PF, yes. man, oh, man, <laughs> did they have it. And Absolutely. I could tell you as a woman, I... Rather have sex appeal than to be beautiful.
1: They always say, Who was the sexiest of all the guys you worked with on Taxi? And before they even finish the, the question, I go, Danny, Danny DeVito. He's got more PF than anybody that I've ever met. He's I like, love He that. radiates sexuality. <laughs> no, I radiates love that. it.
0: And it, yeah. it's funny because, like, if you would look at him, you would never, right? You, you wouldn't think. It yeah, would be no, but he's oh he's incredible. He's incredible. He, you know
1: he like loves it. He loves women. He's just, you know, he's like amazing. He's uh, amazing. You could you you couldn't be the star he's been in his career without PF. You know, right. big stars always have it. Oh, you know, for sure. look at Harrison Ford, Pierce Brosnan, John Travolta, they all have it.
0: PF. Love it. And I'm stealing that term too, if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. My last and final scenario for you. A bride to be. Refused to sign a prenup because to her, that is the do- that's that's dooming the marriage. And so the groom-to-be threatened to call off the wedding altogether. He later apologized. So mm-hmm. should she forgive him or forget him? Well,
1: it depends on their socioeconomic status and what they're both bringing to the marriage, how old they are. Have they been through a divorce before? Did they learn the hard way? You know, what's at stake here? I mean, if you feel really confident in the marriage, you can sign a prenup and know what you're bringing and know what they're bringing. You know, you Mary Lou, I mean, I, so I saw, it signed it.
0: I signed the prenup. I had no I did too. problem I, doing I, that. Uh, yeah. Absolutely no, not. I, he signed it
1: for me. I signed it for him. You know, at least you know where you stand. And, and it's also a confidence thing. You know, it's like trust. You go, Going back to that trust and respect. Mm-hmm. If you respect where you are in your life, your career, what you're bringing to the party, the, and you trust... The person you're marrying, well, I hopefully hope so. enough to marry them, right? Then you feel, yeah. Then you feel like that, and also it it makes things less complicated in the long run. Whether you stay together or whether you separate, you know, it's just it's like things are clean. Especially like in your case, you brought other children. Somebody brought other kids. In, we right? both so, we both did, you know, and we had so two more, more
0: children. Different. Right. We, we both did. I had one. He had three, and together yeah. we had two more. But I knew that my right. reasoning, let's say, because I was divorced before as well. As well as my, you know, I was only in my marriage. My right. first marriage was only two and a half years. And I was very young. I was married at 22. Oh, so was mine. Yeah. Oh. So I was married yeah. at 22. Well. I was divorced at 25. And I have a 24-year-old mm-hmm. from, from my first marriage. But you know what? Right. I knew that going into the second marriage, I was like, what my husband, you know, what his lawyer put together, as we'd like to say, he was a gentleman. And there was nothing yeah. that he was, you know— putting in there that was selfish or shitty or you know like just it was it was all he was right listen yeah. he's been in marriage for 17 years you didn't feel used no yeah. not at all and you know what we have children together and my intention as his intention was really pure i'm not getting married to get divorced again i'm getting married because this is my god willing this is my forever so I had no problem yeah, and sure. you know he also brought a lot to the table. I mean listen, we 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 have an age difference between us. He worked his whole life. Mm-hmm. He didn't need someone else to not only to come in but also to try to take away what already was his and sure. his children's. So I had no right. problem with right. that. You know, I my my reasoning yeah. and the whole point of getting together was really pure intentions. It was nothing else but mm-hmm. that. Did you
1: did you have a good, did you have a good
0: relationship with your stepchildren, the older ones? Yes, amazing. I I, I love them all. I have three yeah, of I them. Understand. You know, and you want to know something? Especially my stepdaughter really is someone who I could tell you she's my best friend. I call her every day. We talk all the time. You know, she lived with me and my husband. You know, she alternated with her mom and her dad. Um, every other right. week. And then when she turned 17, she moved into our house full time. And I have to tell you, when she got married at 24, my husband's like, what is wrong with you? I was hysterical crying. I was like, so he goes, what are you crying about? I'm like, no, no, no. Carolyn moved out. Like, what am I supposed to do now? I don't have a best friend anymore because you have four other kids. <laughs> I don't know what you have to worry about. I go, no, but it's not the same. You know, so I'm very, I'm a, right. listen, uh. I tell people all the time who are going to blend families, just like you love that person, you really need to love who they love. love. If that's his children, yes, absolutely. you better make sure that, that, you that
1: love was, those children. That was in our marriage vows, uh, Michael's and mine, because he had three older kids and I two two younger ones, two, they were, you know, six and and eight, uh, seven and a half when he came into their lives. No, oh, wow. eight and sorry, six and a half and eight. And uh, but I had stepchildren with my second husband that I really helped raise. His son lived with us. I am so close to them. I am so close to both of them. I see them all the time. I talk to them all the time. Do you know what we did? This is so interesting during Zoom, especially uh, during uh, the quarantine, especially during like March, April, May and then the whole summer. I did three Zooms a week with families. I did one with my husband's family, you know, the identical twin brother and his wife and the, his other siblings. I did one with my family, we call it the 23 and me family, because <laughs> we found a sister, we found a half sister who's now like part of the family and her daughters are like our nieces and they send, spend the holidays with at my house and everything. And then we also did with my second husband, He's had three wives. So his first wife, their two kids, which I raised as stepchildren, uh, the two of us and our two children, and then his third wife, my third and final husband, Michael, and his first wife's final husband. And we did it every week,
0: oh every my, single that's week. In, that's incredible. We do a Zoom with I mean, all listen, of us. It, yeah. it also speaks to the kind of person that you are because you're obviously a uniter. And I'm sure that's why your husband and all... You know your children stepkids and your own children love you so much. I mean that's such an amazing well, quality to be that kind of person. Well,
1: thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm I you know, I my mother always said, "Mary, you're an includer." I'm an includer. I like to include people. And and Tony Danza says, "You're the swizzle stick that stirs the drink." So <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> I think of myself as a swizzle well, stick.
0: Well, that's the best compliment you can get. I cannot. Totally. Yeah, I cannot leave this podcast without asking this question for you.
1: Okay, come on, let's go. So Wait, wait,
0: are you saying it's almost over? We haven't talked long enough. We're just barely getting started. Listen, I can be here all day. I have no problem. This has been (laughs) so much fun for me. Really, you've been such an amazing guest. Um, Thank you. So I know that you have this gift that you Mm -hmm. remember things and really, pretty much really, it seems like you don't forget anything. How did you know that you had this gift? How Um, old were you?
1: Even, you know, I was one of six kids. And, uh, you know, when you're one of six, you're like a litter. And so you're very, you look for anything different from your brothers and sisters and you kind of celebrate it. I, no question about it, I was born with an unusual gift. They've taken 300 measurements of my brain and they have found nine areas 10 times larger than the normal brain. So there is something physiologically about me. No question about it. But... I know that I worked it because I loved it and it was like something special that was mine. I was called Miss Memory, Memory Kid, Memory Girl, uh, uh, Univac, which is the old computer. I was the family historian. My brother Tommy would say, tell it to Mary Lou, she'll remember it. She'll break it down to kid language and tell it to us. You know, I was always like the the one to like record, record. I used to fall asleep when I was six years old saying, what did I do exactly a year ago in kindergarten? What did I do when I was my little, to the day, my little brother's age? You know, and I'm always doing this with my kids. My boys just turned, my one son just turned 25. And on the same day he turned 25, my other one turned 26 and a half. So I went through the day that I turned 25 from morning till night. I went through the day that I turned 26 and a half from morning till night. You know, I can do that and I do it as a meditation. People always say, "Are you do you meditate? I meditate on like a day or a week or a year Or I listen to music and I'll say, oh, I know when I heard this this song and I'll go through that day. I'm always like playing memory games with myself because it it keeps it sharp and it keeps it alive. It's easy for me to remember lines. So as an actress, it's invaluable. That's a bonus. More more important than lines because that's kind of two dimensional Mm -hmm. and and you know like like words on a page, um, which is photographic memory. It's more like, what's the emotional content in the lines? Where was I when I read them? What was I going through in my life? What is the character going through that sort of relates to my life? So,
0: well, let me ask you a question. When you let's say you heard the news that you were casted for your role in Taxi, okay, this is completely like off the cuff. Um, do you remember what day was it? Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. First of all, my mother had passed away
1: two weeks before. The only time I left her bedside was to go to uh, I was living in Los Angeles and I was um, I I went to Chicago on April 7th of 1978. It was a Friday and I went to see her. And within 24 hours of my being in town, she was moved from a rehab hospital into intensive care at Columbus Hospital in Chicago. And you had to wear a mask and a whole surgical gown to be in the same room with her. She had the upper vertebrae of her spine disintegrated and shifted out of position and made her paralyzed from the neck down. So she was on Mm -hmm. like a hamster wheel, relieving the pressure. This was a woman who was teaching and dancing in December, went to bed with the flu in January, brutal Chicago winter. So she went into the hospital in February. She had her leg amputated in April after I got home and she died in May. And the only time I left her bedside the last month of her life was to go to Los Angeles to audition for Taxi because I had a feeling about that. I saw it, it, the word in a printed announcement that there was going to be this show, and I had a feeling on it. So I went there, I, um, and I had auditioned for it. My friend, Joel Thurman, who was a casting director, he kept bringing me in, even though I was 10 years younger than what they wanted. And it was actually, this is so funny, because it was actually, here you go, you're going to love what I'm about to tell you. (laughs) The premiere of the movie Grease was June the fourth, nineteen seventy-eight. It was a Sunday night. And I saw the casting director after I'd had my final audition the other the day, you know, a couple days before, I saw the casting director and he gave me a big thumbs up from across the room. So I knew I had the job. Oh, so I always goodness. say that I found out that I got taxi on June fourth, nineteen seventy eight. It was a Sunday night at the Greece premiere.
0: Oh my goodness. Well that <laughs> definitely I'm sure was mixed emotions, meaning with your mom and all that. And and oh you know, and then to be able to feel sure. no, she arranged it.
1: I always feel she arranged it. She was 58 years old when she died. And that's what got me into health. And she always wanted me to be an actress. And when my father died at 52 of a heart attack and I was 17, I, uh, he, I got into university of Chicago and I always felt he arranged that. So.
0: And who arranged, you know, this, this beautiful man that you ended up marrying mom and dad when it came to Michael, because (laughs) he, he, he was been around for a long time. (laughs) He's been around. He's been around. Yeah. No. And and you brought up a good point
1: before that, you know, he uh, he, if he had known he had cancer, he never would have called me and he wouldn't be alive today because he would have done a lot of things that they were trying to talk him into. And he didn't. The human body wants to heal. If you always look through the filter of your life as the human body wants to heal, you will do that. I learned that from watching my mother die and Mm. what they were doing to her and how no matter what they were hooking her up to, her body was trying to make sense of it. Right. Well,
0: knowledge is power. And obviously you were able to pass that on to Michael, so thank God for that. Yeah. Mary Lou, yeah. we have a dating dilemma from a fan. So I'm gonna flip the oh. script to you. Oh, okay. You because you you're the relationship sure. expert in this one, okay? So Oh yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I think you could handle that. Dear Rory, my family is okay. <laughs> pressuring me to give my girlfriend a prenup. She comes from a well-off family, not as well off as mine but she's materialistic and always thinking about what she can get next. Does creating a prenup cause a problem and take the romance out of our relationship?
1: The thing is that he's already said that she... Why is he marrying a girl who only wants, like, material things? I mean, I think that... Why is he even talking about marrying somebody who's, who doesn't sound like a good catch anyway? Mm-hmm. Somebody that's only going to be, you know, somewhere down there. He absolutely should have a prenup with this girl if she's very materialistic, and he might feel like that's the only reason she's getting... You know, he's getting married to her. You know, it's that funny... she's getting
0: married to him. If this was my you know? son, what I would do? I mm-hmm. would... I would... Um, If I was nervous about that, first of all, I'm usually pretty good with that also. Like if my intuition with people is pretty spot on. I've rarely been wrong in my life. Okay. Um, My stepson was dating someone. And lovely person. I don't want to say anything negative. But not the right fit for him. And it's hard when you're a stepmother because it's Mm -hmm. like you're not the mother. You kind of need to take a backseat and Mm -hmm. shut up. Sure. But I love this kid so much. I mean, I've been, you know, I've been with in this kid's life since he's eight years old. And it actually, like, right. made me sick inside. When I told my husband, I'm like, when he was, like, a couple of months into this relationship, I'm like, you know, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. He's like, what, what, what do you feel? I'm like, this is wrong. This is, I, I'm just the stepmother. Right. But I just, right, I just don't feel it. I, I feel that mm. I saw them together and I saw a young couple that's bickering and just like certain things like I'm married at the time I was married for like, what, 14, 15 years? And I'm like, I don't do that. This is like, this is not. And, and it, it wasn't cute. It was really actually problematic. And long story mm-hmm. short, He had actually seen, you know, um, a a rabbi who is, you know, Kabbalistic. He can kind of see the future. And I think it really scared the heck out of him. Because he said at the end of the day, he's like, if you end up with this girl, you will be divorced with a child. This will not work. Mm. This will not work. That's amazing. In this case, my advice to this person would be, maybe I would test this person. Maybe I would test this woman and say to her, you know... Really, like, let's say if we were planning on going on a trip or doing something, maybe that was a little extravagant. I would say, you know, things are really tight right now. I really want to save the money. I don't think this is a great time to be doing this. And I would want to see that person's reaction. Are they going to be able to support me and say, honey, don't worry about it? We have our whole lives to do that. It's okay. You know, you want to see, is that person going to nurture the situation or it's going to be all about what they can get? if they get nasty, Mm -hmm. if they get bitchy, if it's something that it's like you can honestly feel and see, this is not genuine. This is I'm not I'm not because I'm the end will be all you want to be with me. It's what I can give you would be the reason.
1: So sure. And is this girl working? Does she have a career? Yeah. What is she bringing to the table? Right. Right. Exactly. So what kind of thing? No, it's funny that we're talking about because I uh, you know, someone, one of my boys was dating somebody once that I just had a bad feeling about. And I said, no, that's okay. Just, you know, she might, she might be a good starter marriage, but do not have <laughs> a kid with her. <laughs> so starter marriage, I don't have a rabbi, <laughs> she could be a starter marriage, but she cannot don't have children with her. He was like, mom, I said, I'm just saying, did he listen? <laughs> they're, uh, they're not together now, but either, but I had to let it play out. I delayed play out. Let it play
0: out. Well, listen. They should yeah. not. Your kid should not mess with you. You know exactly what's up. You know.
1: <laughs> it's
0: funny because my boys always tease
1: me. They go, "Okay, mom. We know you're never wrong. We got it. When you're wrong, we write it on the calendar. Okay, we got it." <laughs>
0: that is that is so, so funny. funny. They
1: love to tease me. Yeah.
0: Mary Lou, thank you so much. You were such a great guest. This I, I personally learned so much. So. Oh. Thank I mean, you. thank you. You were amazing. Um, Thanks so much, <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this latest episode of Let's Get Raw with Rory. Yeah, it's a great title. And I listened to my friend Vinnie Pastore
1: and also Luanda Lesseps, and you were just great with them. And I know them. So it was, it was really fun to like be with you today. Thank you. Kid.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And me to you as well. Subscribe to her podcast, everybody. She rocks. Thank you, Mary Lou. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, sweetie. What? Thank Take you. Okay. Bye
0: bye. We like it raw. We like it raw with four